Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hara. I've been in different leadership positions over the last seven years, and the most rewarding thing is when I'm able to help women on their way to a promotion or a better position with another company. I'm here to help so many more women see their potential and implement small changes every day to make a huge impact in their career. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take action, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hey, hey, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level Leaders. I always appreciate you being here and listening and tuning in to all the different episodes. If you are enjoying this episode and you click into another and another, that is the goal. I love it when I find a podcast that I want to binge and I will go back and start at episode one and listen to so many of the episodes that resonate with me. So I hope that you love this podcast the same and want to go scroll through and see what other episodes are helpful. If so, I'd love for you to leave a five-star rating. So this past week plus honestly, most of November, it's the 16th when I'm recording this episode. Most of November has been a blur for me, honestly. I did my webinar for Apex Systems last week on Tuesday, November 10th, and usually I like to have most things prepared and outlined for the most part at least a few days to a week in advance. I'm always thinking about it in my head, but putting it on an actual presentation or Google Slides. I don't know why, for some reason, I really struggle getting my slides together. I could talk to anyone for a long time. Obviously, if you've tuned into the podcast, you know I am not one to have a loss of words, I guess I would say. I can talk about a lot of different things, but I obviously want to make sure if I have a set amount of time that I want to make sure it's impactful and that there are takeaways and all that good stuff. Have you ever joined a webinar or a training or have gone to some sort of seminar or leadership training or whatever it may be and you think, oh my gosh, that was such a waste of my time or my money where I didn't get as much out of it as I was hoping. So that really sits with me that I want to make it so that anyone who watches that webinar or joins a training or anything like that, that it's going to be helpful and actionable, which is also a goal that I have for this podcast, but a little bit less stressed, obviously, or less pressure because I'm sharing information always, and then it's up to you to take action on that and, of course, additional courses and things like that, as I mentioned last week of knowing where your resources are at, is knowing where to take those next steps or uh, to look into for more information. So yeah, I feel less pressured, obviously, on the podcast to really make sure that each episode has takeaways and whatnot, but I still want to have every episode be helpful. But yeah, so I was preparing my webinar and I was struggling. 
every night when I went to put the slides together or to write out a rough outline of what I was going to be speaking about in my short time with them. Because again, we all know I can talk for a long time. So I needed to make sure that the timing was right. I hate when presentations end up being cut short and so much is missed because the person didn't plan well enough for the content. So I was trying to get everything ready and put together and man, I was struggling and I didn't really know what was going on. Why was this happening? And then after my webinar, I realized, you know what? I think I might have COVID-19. I had been pretty sick on Sunday, which I thought was maybe sinus pressure, nasal congestion from it snowing here in Utah on Sunday, but I had other symptoms like a headache that I had had for several days and I had even had migraines the week before. I don't know if that was related, but I lost my sense of taste and smell and that was probably the biggest thing for me knowing that I needed to go get tested because a friend of mine who I had not been around had lost her sense of taste and smell, which was her biggest reason of going in and getting tested. So Tuesday after my webinar, I packed up the kids and went and sat in line at a testing center uh, drive up that was about an hour and a half from start to finish. So it really was not bad. I think it could have gone a little bit quicker, but um, what do you do? I mean, I'm sure that they were in no rush to be getting everyone in and out quickly, but yeah, it could have gone a little bit faster. So I did the test and I got home. I got my results the next day that I was indeed positive for COVID and everything made sense from there. I have had, of course, nasal congestion, sinus pressure, headaches, all of those symptoms in the past, but this one was also in conjunction with some fatigue, definitely a lot of brain fog. I could not tell you what day it was or what I had done for the day. I was kind of going with the flow and hoping that I was getting things done correctly, but yeah, I had no idea. A sense of time was a huge struggle for me. So the last week or so has been a little tough in regards to honestly resting up, getting more sleep and taking it easy and being quarantined at home with the kids, which is not the most ideal thing, but obviously it's what needs to be done. So we have been hanging out at home and officially we can stop quarantining 10 days after the onset of my symptoms, uh, but we're going to be playing it pretty safe and staying indoors for the most part at our home until Thanksgiving when we're going to be around some elderly family. So anyway, I wanted to preface that. Honestly, I don't even know what I talked about for the most part of last week's episode. Usually I can recall what I talked about, but after I put it together and was editing it again, it all felt very much a fog. So I'm glad that the webinar still went really well and everything worked out perfectly and it was a huge success, but man, it's definitely been a long 
week or so. All right, so let's talk about today's episode. It's episode 67, Why You Should Consider Starting a Work Journal. Now, this has been on my mind for several weeks or possibly even months uh, before I started bringing on guests, and I don't know why I didn't end up recording it. For some reason, I thought I already had an episode, and I've searched through my episodes before, didn't find anything, and again, I didn't end up recording it. So here we are today talking about why you want to start a work journal. And first and foremost, what even is a work journal and why should you have one? I am going to be releasing this likely in a video course. So stay tuned for that as well. It's likely going to cover all of the information that we're talking about today, but it will have some visuals as well. So it's worth checking that out in addition to this episode. And I'm really excited for my corporate program that I am working to have released by January 1st. I have already started talking with different companies on what they think might be helpful for their entry to mid-level employees and how I can add more content into my program for those team members. So if you are in an entry to mid-level role in the corporate world, I would love to hear from you on your biggest struggles or things that would be helpful for you. I don't feel like there is enough support for entry to mid-level team members. And my content is very heavy on entry-level team members because I get it. There's a lot of turnover at different companies, so they don't want to invest heavily in someone who maybe hasn't proven themselves or their worth yet. That totally makes sense. But I also want them to consider why it's important to be investing something into their entry-level team members because it's going to be so beneficial down the line when you have an amazing entry-level team. So that's what my whole course is about is focusing on my five different areas of coaching. I have several different videos within each section and I'll be adding to it ongoing as well. So when I release the course, you will also be able to purchase it and have ongoing access. So not only would you have the podcast and all the helpful information, you would also have access to the course and updates as I am adding them. So I'll be adding new videos based on feedback from the different team members who are watching the self-paced course. And yeah, it's meant to be something that you can go in and search the library of, oh man, I have had a tough conversation with my boss with some feedback or how do I approach my boss with feedback or all these different things on how to improve your confidence, your self-awareness, how to grow your mindset to think bigger picture in so many different aspects in so many different ways, networking, all sorts of networking tips internally, externally, what you can do to build your network and I am so excited about it, what it already is and what it can grow to be. So again, reach out if you have any suggestions and if it's not something that I already have recorded, I would love to add it to my list 
for videos to be added, but I've been editing so many of those videos. I think I have over 40 videos, four and a half hours or more of content. And again, that will continue to grow for those resources for you as a team member. And I cannot wait to get it in the hands of so many companies who need this for their entry-level team members. So I want to have a few different videos available as a free course from the different sections so you can get a sneak peek and an idea of what's all included in this course, what does it look like. So you'll be able to go join this course on Teachable where I'm going to be hosting it and yeah, you can check it out and see what you think. So let's talk about work journals. What is a work journal? And it's pretty simple. It can be a Google Doc, a Google Sheet. It can be an Excel sheet. It can be a written document if you like to be a little bit old school. Some people like to write things down and have it more accessible with them in their workspace or maybe it's in your desk or whatever. A work journal is something that is going to track your achievements over time and the reason why I call it a work journal sometimes I'll refer to it as a work document but really a work journal is something that we are reflecting on so a journal is something that is thinking past tense things that have happened whether they went great whether they were a struggle whatever it is I want you to be able to track what you're working on so that you are able to look back on that in six months or a year from now and see all of your progress and growth over time. So one thing I recommend when you're starting out is if you have your original job description and PS for all of your future job interviews, I would screenshot every single job you apply for for the job description so you can go back and look at that. It's something that even I haven't done in past jobs that I have gotten offers for because it's something that's so easy to forget that you don't screenshot a job description to really think of, okay, these are all the things that I am expected to do. And these are all the things that I am doing. It's something that I want you to get in the habit of going forward, because of course we can reflect on things that we're doing in a day to day. But if you don't have that actual physical document, it's easier to forget or miss something. And we don't want that to happen as much as possible. So If you can screenshot future job descriptions of different places that you're interviewing for, that is ideal. So when you are writing down your initial job description, you'll have that somewhere within your work journal. And what's helpful is you can say, okay, this is what I was hired on to do. And then most of us, right, we end up, especially if you're working in a startup, you realize how quickly more work gets added to your plate. And this is where it's helpful to have even maybe columns where you have on the left your job description initially and on the right it's your current responsibilities where you're saying these are all the additional tasks that I'm taking on and are they indefinite where you're taking them on 
something maybe that got assigned to you that now you're doing ongoing or was it something that you took on for a short period of time and I've run into a lot of this around the pandemic where many people are taking on so many additional responsibilities maybe you took a cut in your pay or maybe you kept your pay but you took on so many additional responsibilities because let's say one of your colleagues ended up getting laid off so you took on some of their responsibilities what does that look like and how do you advocate for a raise or a bonus if you're not tracking those responsibilities it can get lost so easy and I say that even now in some of the different positions that I'm holding it can be so easy to forget those little nuances or projects that you did for shorter spurts of time So it is going to be so beneficial for you to see. This is where I love when women especially have a work journal and can see those responsibilities that you've taken on. Maybe in that right column, you're adding a date of when that was taken on as well or dates when the project started and when it finished because that can be such an eye-opener to all of the things that you're actually doing when it's so easy for some of us to say, oh man, I am really slacking in my role or I don't feel like I'm doing enough or I feel really overwhelmed, but I shouldn't because this is my job, right? We always are being so hard on ourselves, but when you write down all the additional things that you're taking on, It is very eye-opening to understand, wow, this is why I am so overwhelmed. I hope some of you are nodding your heads and feeling like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I should definitely start a work journal. And you're thinking, what, in what format do I want to start my work journal? What do I want it to look like? And guess what? You can change it at any time. So if you start somewhere and you decide you don't like it or you're not updating it as frequently, try something different. Whatever you can do to test and try different methods to something that's going to work for you. Maybe it's having it in a notepad in your phone. I know I have so many notes in my phone because that's the easiest thing for me to pull up when I'm on the go and go in and type whatever I need to add into whatever folder that it's relevant for. So again, think outside of the box, whatever is going to be best for you. And I want you to start one sooner than later. And I know some of us might be like, oh, I'll start one in the new year because that might be a really good thing to start tracking in the new year. And no, I want you to start one today. Whatever that looks like for you, again, it can be a plain old Google Doc with your favorite font and start typing. Start typing what you are taking on. And this can be, again, like a regular journal where you're saying, okay, it's November. What have I done in addition to my current responsibilities for November? Have I taken on anything? Have I have I been involved in any additional projects? What does that look like? And working your way backwards is a great start. 
And you can go back and maybe you're skimming through some emails, sent emails, received emails, or whatever it might be to say, okay, yeah, and then in October, these are things that I did. And oh yeah, remember when I worked on this project? When did it start? Okay, I'm going to go look up the start date and it's ongoing. So I want to make sure I note that. However you want to format it, it is whatever is going to be most beneficial for you when you're going back and rereading it uh, as to how that's laid out. So be thinking of that throughout the rest of this episode. I want you to find a consistency for updating as well. So when you are first starting out, I would honestly set a reminder. Maybe it's on your phone. Maybe it's on your calendar. Maybe you use some sort of project management system like Asana, for example, which I love. You can go in and set reminders there. Whatever it may be, add a reminder somewhere so you can get in the habit of prioritizing yourself. Again, I say set a reminder and that may sound silly, but it's so helpful because we put ourselves last so often. And I can tell you that right here, right now, growing a business and creating this program that I'm going to be selling to corporate companies, it's always so easy to push it on the back burner because it's not something that needs to be done right in this moment. But in reality, I certainly could be doing things right in this moment so that I could be better prepared or release it early or not be as stressed towards the end of the year when I want to get it launched, right? So don't So don't think, oh, I'll make sure I go in and check on it. No, prioritize yourself and make that effort for you. It is in your best interest to be adding to this. And I get it. It's so easy to think I'll go check it next week. I'll add to it later because then guess what happens? We keep deprioritizing ourselves and then it's so much easier to forget all of these additional responsibilities. So I want you to make sure that you are setting a reminder until you get in a better habit. And I suggest doing it maybe once a week in the beginning so that you can go back and say, oh yeah, I forgot this week I was working on this, which I usually only do maybe once a month, but it is something that I've taken on in addition to my regular responsibilities. I need to go add that as something that's maybe not necessarily ongoing daily or weekly it's something that I do monthly but it's still something in addition to your current responsibilities once you get in better habits and only need to maybe look at it once a month then you can update your reminder so that you are going in and checking that out once a month and prioritizing yourself I want you to also consider the impact of something that starts so small So in a team meeting within the last month or so at my project management position, I had suggested, you know what, our instructors need more support in regards to marketing and growing their email lists and putting themselves out there. These instructors are teachers and they don't know all of the ins and outs of marketing themselves and creating a brand and growing an email list. For some of them, they are very new at this and it would be such a benefit if the CEO of the company hosted a monthly session 
to answer all of the instructor's questions and to be a support and get all of those questions knocked out in one session each month because for his time and his sanity, he's been hosting so many of these different meetings with the different instructors one-on-one, which is great, but he's repeating those same meetings over and over again. Instead, we want to make sure his time is best utilized and the greatest way to do that is by having these monthly marketing meetings focused on a specific topic and whoever wants to come in and join can come and join. So I had suggested something that starts small in the thought of, hey, let's do something, let's create this. And now I am writing up a proposal of different things that I think that would be helpful to cover as topics. And I'm going to be the one coordinating that with the different instructors and bringing that value to the instructors. And then that builds value for our company. So again, it's something that starts small as the suggestion, but it's going to grow big over time as far as the value of what we are adding to our instructors for these monthly meetings, because they're going to make more money through more sales of their different workshops, right? So realizing the impact of something that starts small is such a big thing because in the moment, again, we think, oh, that's not a big deal. I suggested that I would do this and I wrote the proposal. Guess what? Maybe it got turned down and that's okay too. I want you to get in the habit of recognizing when you are taking those leaps and risks and putting yourself out there because guess what this is where you can talk with your leader at the end of a year or maybe it's the beginning of the year or whenever that is when you're talking about wanting a raise or why you should be considered for a raise you can say hey These are all the different things that I've suggested for different opportunities for our company, for our customers, for our clients, whatever that may be. And guess what? A lot of them got turned down, but I was still bringing thoughts and ideas to the table. These were the different ways that I was contributing to the team through my own suggestions. And these are the things that were adopted Or these were the things that I was able to lead a project on or whatever that may look like. That's huge. So write that down. And the last thing I want to talk about is the ability to ask for a raise or a bonus. As I mentioned earlier, it's so common for companies right now to have laid off a certain amount of their staff divided all of their responsibilities amongst the rest of the team who also may have taken a pay cut which is frustrating but guess what it happens and I know most of you are grateful to have a position even if you've taken a pay cut whatever that looks like but this is a great opportunity where you can ask for a raise or a bonus a lot of companies like I mentioned are saying well you know We wouldn't consider a raise in what you're doing right now because it's temporary. I'm sure many of you are nodding your heads like, yep, I've heard that one before. Trust me, I have as well. And that is when some serious burnout can happen 
because you want to take on more and show that you're capable and able and willing to do that. You want to take on these additional responsibilities and prove that you can do it because of course you want to get a raise. You want to get that next promotion. And sometimes that makes sense. There is certainly a healthy balance of taking on additional tasks when you aren't getting paid for it because you are preparing yourself for those future opportunities. However, It's not always the case that those come by super quickly. So it's good to have those conversations and those discussions with your leaders or your boss, manager, whoever it is who you report to and talk with them and say, hey, you know, I've been writing down all of my achievements and contributions over time and I'd love for you to look at them again as a female in the workspace being a little bit nervous to ask for a raise. So many of us are like, well, if we are worthy of a raise, shouldn't our boss be aware of that and give us one or go out and advocate for us? Or can I ask for a raise? What does that look like? And I want you to get comfortable having this conversation because it is imperative for you to be asking for a raise or a bonus at least once per year. And if you're getting turned down in that initial meeting, that's when you're going to set a follow-up date of, okay, so if not now, then when can this be revisited and follow up on it? Do not let your leaders, your managers push you aside and forget because they most likely will, unless they schedule that calendar meeting in that same session, which I mean, kudos to your leader if they plan ahead, but most people aren't going to do that and they're going to forget because it's not their money. It doesn't matter as much to them as it does to you. So you do need to advocate for yourself and a work journal is such an easy way for you to do that because it's black and white. It is so easy for you to say, wow, these are the things I've taken on over time in addition to my job responsibilities. And yes, we all take on additional things here and there. We all wear multiple hats at certain times. That's great. But I still want you to advocate for that. And if they aren't going to give you a raise because of the quote unquote, well, we don't plan on having you do this long term, we're going to hire someone for that when the pandemic is over or when this happens or when blah, 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 whatever, insert excuse here. I want you to go in and have these conversations and say, well, if I'm not eligible for a raise, I would like to be considered for a bonus. I am taking on additional work and it sounds like that you are recognizing that in the sense that you are aware that we need to have someone else hired into this position And you want to be compensated fairly for that, right? When you hit burnout, when you're taking on all this additional responsibility, it can be frustrating and sure it can work short term or if they are giving you a bonus for that, it can certainly make up for that again, but not having that be a permanent thing. I'll tell you one last example before... I wrap this episode up when I worked in one of my recent positions that I have recently left that company, I initially started out as a customer service representative. I was working from home with my oldest daughter and I wasn't really looking for much at the time. 
and it worked that I was handling customer service emails, right? And some phone calls, but for the most part, I was handling customer service emails. Well, that escalated over time to being essentially a business manager. I ended up growing in that position, which worked out great because I was then looking for more responsibilities and more growth opportunities when we put our oldest in daycare and I had some additional time, right? To take on additional responsibilities. So when I let my leaders know, Hey, I'm ready for more. I started taking on all sorts of different things. And at first it was becoming a business manager. I helped with all sorts of things on the company front. I also managed the sales team when we had a storefront in the local City Creek Mall. I did all sorts of HR onboarding, paperwork, interviewing. Pretty much all of my background and experience was rolled up into one huge role of I mean, it was titled as a business manager, but I did so much more than that. And that's what's so hard on a resume. How do you sum everything up into one title sometimes. I did fulfillment. I was monogramming leather wallets for this company because no one else could. You know, at one point we didn't have any sales team members when we ended up not having a storefront in the mall and someone needed to take it on. So who was that? It was me. I was had been there the longest. I knew monogramming the best. So a lot of things happened in that regard where it was saying, okay, who can do it? And I got thrown into a lot of those responsibilities. So what was frustrating is that I was given, you know, a little bit here and there to kind of hold me over. But for the most part, it was tough because these were things I was doing every single day, multiple different job responsibilities of also owning customer service, emails, chat, phone calls, shipping, tracking, HR, onboarding, offboarding, managing all sorts of different things for the new office that we were in and whatnot. But it got to a point where I was doing so much and I wasn't being compensated for that. And sometimes you learn a little too late and that can be so hard and frustrating but you realize in that moment that where you're headed if that's with another company or a different direction or whatever that may be it can be very freeing to know you're headed in the right direction for your own time and sanity and protecting your mental health for me that was when I was going out on maternity leave with my youngest and I wasn't sure if I was coming back or not, and the company was trying to figure out who they were going to hire to help replace me if I didn't come back full-time because that wasn't the goal for me. I didn't want to go back full-time. I was very clear with that, and then what happened? They wanted to hire up to three people to replace me, and their salary beginning for at least two of those positions was more than I was making after being there for two years. So that is when it's kind of a kick in the gut where you're like, oh, that's rough. That is rough to be creating this job description to help replace me and to have it be potentially a higher salary than 
I was currently making, that was really frustrating. And you know what? It was a learning experience and I learned so much in the time that I was working with that company and advocated for myself in very tough situations. And I know that that was helping to prepare me to help more women in the workplace who are going through this exact same thing. So that, my friends, is why I want you to have a work journal and to be able to go back and so easily search for all the different things that you need in that moment to come to these meetings or be prepared for a 360 review or an annual review where they're asking, what have you contributed to the company? And that is where you can add so many of these different bullet points or different information that you're, you've been tracking over time. You can also add the feedback from things that you've suggested, but again, weren't necessarily taken on because you're saying, this is how I've been attempting to contribute. This is how I have contributed. This is the success or the results or whatever that looks like. So I highly encourage you, please start a work journal today. It's going to be in your best interest to do so. And I know that what you put into it, you're going to get out of it. As far as for future job interviews, you'll have so much helpful information to go back and remember. Oh yeah, that there was a time where I worked on a project and maybe you're writing out something that was maybe a struggle or maybe you had a conflict with a coworker on a project you were working on and you can write that out as to what exactly happened, where was the struggle, what did you do to fix it and what did you learn from that. You can write out these different scenarios and have that as like a brain dump area for you to go in and type to your heart's content in your work journal for all the different things that are happening in your career. And again, that will help you for so many future opportunities as well. Stay tuned for when that course is available. You can always go check out the different courses that I have. I will be adding some free ones. So I want you to go in and check out the value there as well at my website, nicoleharrop.com and click on the courses tab. You will be able to see all the different courses that are available and register for any of the free ones or decide to purchase one of the paid ones. Again, circling back all the way to the beginning of the podcast where I mentioned that it's helpful to know where you can dive a little bit deeper for more information and knowing what you're going to get. So if you've listened to several episodes and you feel that they've been helpful in the free advice that I've given, you'll want to go check out the different courses that I offer, especially once I release the program for this one that's going to have Oh my gosh, so much helpful information ongoing. But uh, yeah, you can go in, but you can go in and check it out and see what you're going to get from the different programs or different courses that I offer. All right, if you felt like this was helpful, I'd love for you to share it with a coworker or friend so that they can start a work journal themselves. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, 
please take a quick screenshot, share it to your Instagram, and tag me at Nicole.Harrop. I love to see it, and it means the world to me. I appreciate you helping to spread the word so I can help more women. See you on next week's episode.